On this episode of the AC Sports Report, we have Annalise Lamke, the Director of Basketball Operations at Loyola University of Maryland. This is Sue Thompson, Executive Director and League Commissioner for the Interscholastic Athletic Association of Maryland. The IAM formed in 1999, and our purpose is to provide structure and organized support for interscholastic competition for female student-athletes at our 30 member schools. We are represented in seven counties and Baltimore City. To achieve our goals, the IAM regards athletics and competition as a vital part of the educational process, meaning that our focus includes the promotion of the physical, mental, moral, social, and emotional well-being for all student-athletes. By offering 14 sports, the IAM oversees hundreds of teams and well over a thousand female athletes each year who are ready to compete in sanctioned meets, matches, and games, and even more to create memories and experiences that will last a lifetime. The IAM embraces the highest ideals of fair play, integrity, and respect. For schedules, scores, and current news, please go to our website at www.iamsports.com. That's www.iamsports.com. If you've been looking for someone that talks about youth sports in the DMV, from basketball to football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, and softball, you've found it. We are the authority. This is the AC Sports Report. There's a thriving community of youth sports in the DMV, and we cover it all. From interviews to game reports to player scouting, public and private schools, and we even cover the college recruiting process. This is the AC Sports Report, and here's your host, John Miller. Miss Lamke, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. So this is cool. So you found the studio no problem. I usually start the podcast with a little banter. The door opened and there you were. No problem at all, right? That's right. You know, might have parked on the wrong side of the building, but I was able to follow directions that they so kindly put on the building. So it worked out. There's lots of signs. There is. You know, they're pretty easy to follow if you actually read them. <laughs> so let's let's dig right in. So you're not from around here. You're not from Baltimore. You went to high school in Wisconsin? That is correct. I'm a thousand miles away from home, but I'm enjoying Baltimore. It's been a great city, and Maryland has been good to explore. We talked about this before. I want to try to pronounce your high school. Gail Ettrick Trempolo High School. Got it. In Galesville, Wisconsin. Correct. What was the mascot out there? It was the Red Hawk. The Red Hawk. Mm -hmm. That's a good mascot. Mm -hmm. So, and you played four years of basketball, I guess? I did, yep. I guess you had, they identified you fairly early uh, in your high school career. You're 6'3 now. Correct, yep. Did you hit that growth spurt in the ninth grade, or do you remember? Well, I remember it was going to start coming. I was obviously the tallest person, or one of the tallest people in middle school. But in eighth grade, when my shoe size grew a whole size in one basketball season, I knew something was coming. So about freshman year, I hit six foot, was kind of lanky, awkward. And then it probably took me until junior year before I was finally 6'3". So you played basketball for a while, even before high school. 
Mm-hmm. How'd you get into it? Um, well, so I have an older brother, Chandler. He played basketball for the longest time. I think he started programs when he was at least in second grade. So being the youngest kid, I was dragged along to every single tournament. And so you go to AU tournaments and you see that kid who runs onto the court and shoots hoop as much as possible. I was that kid. That's good. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. So you went to the high school in Wisconsin, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce again. You know, we're going to have to come up with an acronym for that high school, Miss Lampke, because I'm going to struggle with Trempolo. Is is there one that's typically used? Can you tell? Is there a story about that? Yeah. So I mean, if you like to shorten it and pronounce each of the first letters, it's G T. Otherwise, everyone calls it Get. So if you'd like to go to Get High, it's pretty easy to say that. We talked about this before the show. We're thinking somebody, (laughs) some high school or some teenager is going to enjoy saying, oh, she went to Get High. Well, let's move on. Let's keep talking about sports. Red Hawks, good school, good basketball school, big school? Um, Not a big school. Uh, My class was about 95 people, and that was considered big for our area. And so usually we topped out about 400 kids for enrollment. Basketball school, it depends on what side of the sport you wanted to look on. Our boys' basketball actually was very successful. My senior, my, through my high school years, they actually went to state, won second, won my brother was a junior. Very cool for them. My freshman year on the basketball team, however, we went 1-22. Not quite as good. But we eventually ended up going 22-2 and two by my senior year going undefeated for conference championships and turned the whole program around. They actually ended up going to state about two years after I graduated. Very cool. That's that's almost better than starting, uh, you know, with a strong win record and then just maintaining it. So turning it around and coming out on top of the end is nice. Yeah, it was super cool. I enjoy going back, looking in the gym and seeing the first championship being up there being ours. I thought it was really unique for the school and obviously a lot of work to get there. So you liked it up there in Wisconsin. You liked it so much you stayed there for college. Oh, wait a minute. No, you didn't. (laughs) Hold on. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Is there some controversy about growing up in Wisconsin but going to school in Minnesota? Did you get any grief for that? I did. I got a lot of grief depending on who – I mean, even my family gave me grief. So when we played at Wisconsin, my family came. They wore Minnesota stuff on top. They decided they were going to stay for the men's hockey game that was the night uh, after our game. And underneath was – Everyone was wearing Badger stuff under their Minnesota stuff. My brother ran into one of the Wisconsin basketball players, and that was one of the years I think they went to the Sweet 16, and they took a photo together, and he was like, you ruined the photo because I was wearing Minnesota gear. And I was like, sorry you're being a supportive brother. I don't really know how much more I could do about that, but sorry. <laughs> Very cute. So Minnesota Golden Gophers, while you were there, how'd they do? Is that a good – Is that because Minnesota is pretty big school, 30,000 or so undergrads, so – in the Twin Cities is at Minneapolis-St. Paul. So big-time school, big-time basketball. How, how'd it go there? It went pretty well, I'd say, all things considered. We ended up having two WNIT appearances, um, one NCAA tournament appearance. Uh, we ended up making it to the second round that year. So that was one of the best we've done for a long while, I've, I can remember. And so it was very cool to be successful. Um, I could have had more tournament appearances, but, you know, not many people get to say they've gone to the NCAA tournament, so that was a really cool experience. I haven't been as a spectator yet, so going as a player had to be fun. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I don't, the TV never shows how much of a spectacle it actually is, but being a player, it's so amazing all the steps they set out for it. So I've got to ask you some dumb questions here. Minnesota, is this Division One, Two, or Three? Division One. 
So Division One's their scholarships. It's the real. De- it's like a, having a job. Did you get a scholarship coming from Wisconsin over there to Minnesota? I was. They, you know, they looked past my Wisconsinite, and they, you know, allowed me to have the scholarship on the team. <laughs> so how's that work? Did someone recruit you? I, I, you're not that old, so if I say tape, you um, sending in tape, you probably had there was a huddle account or a max prep something. How do they find you from? It's not that far, but how did did they? recruit you? Was there a, a service? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, part of the time I used a recruiting service called NCSA. Um, and that was, we actually had a family friend who worked through the company. So she helped me set up my account and went through that. And the part of just having film out there for me. So when people looked me up, they could see that. But a lot of the time, this was, I was kind of right in the middle of when AAU circuits were really getting to become a big thing. So a lot of the coaches saw me at those tournaments. Um, one of the coaches who recruited me a lot actually recruited me when he was at another school. And so he saw me a lot and we connected a lot when I was at another school. And so when he moved to Minnesota too, that connection just came forward. And luckily they needed a post player when I was graduating. And so it was pretty easy to stay two and a half hours away from home. Very good. The life of a Division One athlete at Minnesota, is, is it a full-time? I've heard things, you know, it's a full-time job. You get up in the morning, you work out, you go to class, you have practice. You Is that true? It is. You know, you have to think a lot about all aspects of how to achieve at a high level. Obviously, you want school to go really well so you can get a job afterwards. And that takes time. And then even a part of that, we require eight hours of study hall per week. And then that includes tutoring, getting your homework done, whatever you need. But you usually get to sit in a classroom for an extra eight hours a week to maintain success. Then on the basketball court, depending on what part of the season you're in, you either have eight-hour weeks or 20-hour weeks. So once it gets into the competitive basketball season, you get 20 hours a week to practice basketball. And normally that ends up being about four hours a day, depending on the program and how hard you go. So we would have three-hour practices, and then we would go directly into a one-hour lift. So that was just insane, and then trying to recover after that. And then we're very fortunate we got meals after, so we would get to sit and eat, have training table after, eat food then go to study hall or classes. I remember there were times I would have a night class, so I would be running through campus eating spaghetti, trying to get to my physics class right after a three-hour practice. Wow. How was the food up there? That's a, my, my son's in a freshman in college now, and my big thing was you got to like the food. How was the, Do you remember anything about the food? So I was kind of lucky I never had to live in a dorm, so if I got to make food, it was my own making, and I thought I was a pretty good cook, but... Now that we're on campus at Loyola, we have their cafeteria food quite often, and it is much better than I would have ever imagined. They have sushi, they have acai bowls, like there's a Chinese buffet day, like there's wing Wednesdays, and it's just insane. I'm like, I wish I had this more often, but yeah. So, so I like to sometimes go back and ask questions about a scouting report. As a, as a high school player, what would the other coach uh, ask you or, or see in you when they're trying to compete against you? But I don't want to ask that. I want to say, if some of your teammates from college were to tell me how good of a cook you were, what would they say about your cooking? Oh, man. Um, I would say that they'd probably think it's a very basic level of cooking. Like, I'm very good at, you know, baking chicken, today potatoes, roasting vegetables, nothing too fancy that you're, like, amazed at. I would also say that they would believe that I'm pretty good at throwing things in the crock pot and letting that do the work throughout the day for me. That's smart, efficient. It is, yeah. It's much better to come home and have a nice smelling house with the food you're going to eat instead of having to come home, get everything out, chop food, and cook it. Yeah. 
So I like to push the student athlete part of this experience because yes, you were an athlete. Yes, we talked a lot about the things you did as a basketball player, but you were a student at uh, Minnesota. What was your major? Um, I was a kinesiology major. Oh, kinesiology. Tell what's what is that? Uh, I know it's study the body, but it, more specifically, is there a certain part of kinesiology that you really get into with muscles and bones or? Yeah, so I really enjoyed the human, like, I don't know how to put this, the aspect of how the body moves and how it works into physical activity, especially the sports science version of it. So the biomechanics and exercise physiology part of kinesiology, I just ate up because I loved it because people are going to be think I'm crazy, but adding anatomy and physics together just seemed really fun to me because I think the body is just super cool and how it works and... There's just some unique things that the body does that not many other things on earth do. <laughs> this is true. So I'm going to embarrass you a little bit from reading your bio. It says you're a three-time academic All-Big Ten selection. So this might be another dumb question. Is that GPA-based or grade-based? or? And it sounds pretty impressive that you must have done your homework. You know, I tried to do my homework as much as possible, but the award is GPA-based and also roster-based. So if you had, I think, somewhere... To above a 3.0 or a 3.5, you would get it, as, and then you had to be at least a sophomore and above on it. So freshmen weren't eligible to get it, so I'm going to put my plug in why someone asked. Uh, why why only three? <laughs> right. So freshmen aren't eligible to get the award, but sophomores, juniors, and seniors are. So Well, that's actually a really important little tidbit there because you look at that and you say three times, like, well, undergrad is usually four years. Why didn't she get it? So, so you got it every time you could. So good for you. Right. Yeah. I had to put the, that in there. In I case did. your mom and dad are listening, <laughs> you weren't slacking during your freshman year. That's right. <laughs> so we talked all about this. So now we know everything about Annalise Lamke, the, the director of basketball operations at Loyola University. But that's where you are now. You're at Loyola University of Maryland, um, Division Three Athletics in Baltimore. And you are the director of basketball operations. Did I get that right? It's uh, Division One. Oh, look at you. So Loyola is Division One. So those athletes have the same experience, theoretically, as in Minnesota. Nice. Let's before we go too far into Division One, Division Three at Loyola, Director of Basketball Operations. That's that sounds busy. It has its busy seasons, and then there's some times where it's a little less busy. So fall season gets to be where my heavy season picks up because I get to start doing all the travel planning, um, meal planning, most importantly for our team. So. A lot of the times it's scheduling ahead and making sure that we have things set in place. But once we get into the summer month, it's just kind of making sure that we're scheduled in the right spot. We have our gear getting ordered for the right times and just making sure that when our freshmen are moving onto campus that they're going to the right places and that everyone has their chickens in order. Will we see you on the bench or on the sidelines during the games? I will. I get to be the person who keeps track of timeouts and fouls for Coach Danielle O'Banion. So it's very important. I tell her, you know, she comes in how many timeouts we have left. It's very easy to tell her three or four. Uh, but yeah, so I'm usually at the front of the bench. Not no importance to that. It's just where it's the easiest to catch her eye when we say, hey, we have three fouls or they're about to be in bonus. It's much easier to tell her than trying to run up from the behind the bench. Very cool. So we, we we talked about you being a little tall uh, on your way in here. And do you wear heels on the court? I do. Um, our senior women's administrator, Teddy Burns, she doesn't appreciate it all the time because she likes to make sure our court is nice and clean and scuff through, scuff free. I haven't done any scuffs myself, so I, I've tried to be 6'5 on the court as much as possible, and I think it's cool. So Very cool. 
So director of basketball operations is your job. You, you're, you're all about, I'm sorry, I apologize. I said Division Three. Well, that was shame on me. We were talking about you were at Bethel before this, and they're Division Three, and I got messed up. Anything happening in Loyola as far as a rivalry, or when does the season start, or what do we have to look forward to on the, on the court coming up? Well, on the court, we get to look forward to November 7th is our first home game. But for on Loyola for our campus, we actually inducted our 25th president, Terry Sawyer, as uh, just today, actually. So he got him for inaugurated onto campus today. And so that's very exciting to have him finally confirmed and really cool. The campus has been buzzing with his arrival. So it's been really excited to see that carry over into the sports because I, I think that brings a lot of energy to it. Um, as for rivals go, technically Mount St. Mary's is our rival. So if you ask some of our older alumni, they'll always say, we can't lose to Mount. We have to beat them this year. This is the date we have circled. So December 3rd, we have that circle. We go to play at Mount St. Mary's. So very exciting. We'll hopefully get the win again, but we'll see. So where do most of your players come from at Loyola? I I mean, being Division One, being not a huge school in Maryland, probably doesn't have national exposure that some of these other – how do you – you were found in Minnesota by someone in Wisconsin, so I guess the tri-state area is probably a draw, but where do, you, where do the girls come from? So a little bit of all over the place. We actually have a large amount of New Jersey and Pennsylvania players. Um, act- Loyola itself has a lot of New Jersey um, students on campus, but – we have two new, well, to be fair, they're sisters. So we have two people from New Jersey, actually three, multiple people from Pennsylvania, one from Indiana, uh, Virginia, we have three Marylanders, and then we actually have three people from Spain. Okay, I can see where that would be an obvious place to get players on the Loyola basketball team. Yep, mm-hmm. it's a... Uh, <laughs> It was a really funny story. We just picked up one kid who kind of got lost in the mix with the COVID season, and we picked her up, and then we built a relationship with her coach, and then all of a sudden we had two more come onto the team, and we're actually going to add a fourth Spaniard next year. So I know there's a lot of French up there in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Do you speak any Spanish, Annalise? Uh, Un poco. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They make fun of us a lot for trying to speak, but they're also from – Barcelona. So we've learned that they speak Spanish, but their primary language is Catalan. Oh, mm-hmm. look at you. And so they're, which we've learned is very different from Spanish, even though they're very close in proximity. So we've been trying to learn Spanish along with Catalan and they're, they've done a good job teaching us, but we're still not fluent. So you got all over the country, at least the East Coast, far, far out is Indiana. You got across the, the the ocean in Spain. You have a pretty diverse group of girls coming together. Do they spend a lot of time together? And we'll, what is the kind of their typical day? So right now we're recording this in early October. Uh, the, the podcast probably won't release until late October, early November. So hopefully it'll be just in time to announce that November seventh game, uh, your home opener. But what what are the girls doing now to get ready for that? Because I bet they're knee deep in workouts and training and lifting and all that kind of stuff. What's what's a typical day for them? Right. Well, so this week is actually midterm, so they're all going crazy about. They have tests that this time they have a paper due, so they've all kind of been running around about that. But so a normal day, they'll actually have classes up until the practice block, depending on who they are. Some of them got smart with how they schedule their classes. So they'll go super busy Tuesday and Thursday and have Monday, Wednesday, Friday off. 
The ones who haven't learned will usually have classes. We'll have some academic support meetings uh, one day a week. And then we'll have our practice block. Normally we'll have it from one to four. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays we have four to seven. And in those practice blocks, we usually do two hour practices, one hour lift, and then they'll go eat. No, most of them don't have night classes this year because of the later practice block. And then they just get to go home, hang out, relax, recover. And it's been a cool dynamic this year. I think this team has spent a long time together and they really enjoy each other's company, which I think is really cool. Um, We've seen some of them that they'll call and ask to come into the gym at like nine o'clock at night. And then one of our players still called us when she's like, my key card stopped working. I was like, what time were you using? And she's like, 12 a.m. And I was like, well, maybe we shouldn't be in the gym at 12 a.m. I appreciate you working that hard and wanting to be there, but we need some rest too. But That's smart. That's right? smart. So I could, I could talk to you all night. You are a wealth of information, and you're such a joy to talk to. But at some point, i got to stop because people are going to stop listening to me. I think my two listeners are, are going to get to – no, I'm just kidding. Hopefully I have more than two. I like to end with an opportunity if, if – and I, and I say advice, and I hate to use that word because I just want you to talk to people, it, whether it's the Annalise Lamke, who is a eighth grader in, in uh, Wisconsin, or an undergrad in Minnesota. Is there any one piece of information, either for you or for your parents, that you think would be useful to a, a high school or middle school athlete that's thinking about being a little more interested in furthering their athlete, athletic careers in college? Yeah, um, I can go back to my high school year, my freshman year, actually. My mom talked to me during the high school volleyball season, of all things. I was on the freshman team for that, you know. Stardom and volleyball did not come quickly. Oh, well. Uh, But she told me throughout the summer, Rome wasn't built in a day. Let everything work out. Just keep working. Just remember that the harder you work, the more success will come. And actually, it turned out I went from the freshman team to joining the varsity team when they went to playoffs, which I thought was really cool. But going into that, I think taking that and experience and then moving to college, my freshman year, I got some playing time, but not a lot. Sophomore year, hardly played at all. Junior year, hardly played at all. Senior year, I ended up turning into a starter. (laughs) Significant minutes or significant compared to what I had the previous three years. And it was really sweet for me to finish that experience knowing that I worked those three years for a really good one year. And I think knowing now that there's almost a reward for bailing early with the transfer portal, not that there's some um, places that you need to leave and get out of, but I think sometimes the transfer portal, the grass looks greener and that it's easier to find a new job or a new role just by changing schools. And I'm really thankful that I didn't have that option since the portal wasn't what I was when I was a senior or going through college, so... Sometimes I think it takes years to work and know that Rome wasn't built in a day and that sometimes it takes four years, but it was really sweet for that work to show. Rome was not built in a day. So now we're going to have to find out if you speak any Italian. Don't answer that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, finish with maybe are we promoting anything on Instagram or Twitter or do you have any announcements about dates? You talked about the home opener on November 7th. Um, I think, is there a Women in Sports Day? Is that coming back? There is. The Women in Sports Day is coming back for the first time in two years. You get to look forward to that Sunday, February 19th. Um, That'll be our home game versus Navy. It'll be really cool. There will be a lot of experience for kids who meet with Loyola women athletes and just get to watch the game. It'll be a really fun game. Uh, Depending on what this airs, we're actually hosting a coaching clinic November 3rd 
at Loyola's campus, and you'll get to hear from Coach Danielle O'Banion, Simeon Sperling, Courtney Davidson, and Jeffrey Lanier. And they're all just great experience. We've been working really hard to get this coaching clinic up and running. So if you hear this in time, November 3rd from 6 to 8 p.m. at Loyola University. And that's for coaches to come experience and learn from other coaches? Yep, and it's open to all coaches at any level. They're... um, our registration link is on our Twitter page, Loyola Women's Basketball. Uh, I think it's WBB on Twitter. Uh, really cool experience, lots to learn. We're opening it up to everyone, boys, girls, AAU, or if you just want to come watch a coaching clinic. And are you going to be at Women in Sports Day? We will be. We'll be there. We'll probably almost be the main event of the day since we are playing the game, but, you know. Are you going to be in heels? It depends. If, Co- if Coach Danny wants to go in uh, athleisure, I'll gladly wear our tennis shoes. But if we decide we're going to go business formal, I'll gladly wear the heels. Stay the course. Wear the heels. Oh. Annalise Lamke, thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the AC Sports Report. As you know, there's a massive scene of youth sports in the DMV, and it's our passion to cover it all. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.alstoncarlisle.com. Till next time, this has been the AC Sports Report.